the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Rob Black and your money. Joining me today, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at ChadBurton.com. That's ChadBurton.com. We're going to hit a bevy of topics. We're going to go fast and furious. Let's get Chad's take on some of the things that are happening on Wall Street that are lessons that we could maybe apply to our own wealth scenarios. Bill Gates and Melinda Gates get in a divorce, Chad. Divorce happens all too regularly, but they were the the couple. It wasn't supposed to be them. He was the original tech billionaire long before Jeff Bezos got into his messy divorce with a lot of stock involved. Bill Gates doesn't have a lot of stock involved, but there is a lot of wealth involved. Any thoughts on the grain divorce, Bill Gates? Anything come to mind for you? No, I'm just, I'm seeing kind of articles here and there about the you know tax driven idea to finally do this. Really? Yeah, if you can, you know, they, they seem fairly young to, to for this to be true, and all of this is speculation, but. Sure. Washington's one of those community property states, right? So if you own community property together, when the first person dies, it all gets a step up in basis. So they could literally, if, anything that they held in their own name that they hadn't given away to irrevocable trusts um, would get a step up. So his original shares of Microsoft at the first death step up. Um, yeah. His shares of Berkshire Hathaway, the first person that died, step up when you're married. And that, that's likely going to go away. So what you know they they kind of got to the point where you know or had a broken marriage anyway so maybe that that's why they finally said you know what there's no more tax reasons to stay together anymore is that sad or is that sad staying together for tax reasons i think what's even more sad is i'd seen people um especially earlier in my career get divorced when one person needed uh care for nursing homes and that's just to qualify for medical care Exactly. Qualify for Medicaid in California. It's called Medi-Cal. Okay. So there was, yeah. (laughs) What did you think about the little headline? It was pretty sensational. I think it was in Barron's. Melinda Gates sipping on millions of shares of Coca-Cola because Bill gave her Coca-Cola shares, which, hey, that's a nice parting gift, millions of shares of Coca-Cola. But what do you think about like, isn't that odd? It's like such a unique, boring, old school investment for such a crafty tech-minded genius. Why go with something boring like soda pop? <laughs> you know what? Because when you're taking a lot of risk in other areas with your business and everything else, mm-hmm. you want to diversify. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, I do the same thing myself, whether it's real estate or how I get into some uh, kind of more angel funding stuff. But I think the funniest thing about it, it's it's yeah. a sad thing, obviously, when somebody sure. gets divorced, but these memes that are coming out are hilarious. <laughs> like, There's one that you You're have to meme look meme guy up. I'm figuring out. Well, you know, I get them sent to me by kids, my kids all the time and stuff. So nice. there's one where um, Melinda Gates is being interviewed by somebody. I mean, like maybe it's Oprah, who knows, but it's a story. She goes, as I walked into the room, he had a whiteboard out and he was, he said the pros and cons of getting married and he had a column 
you know, for each pro and con. And then it switches over to the guy from Austin Powers, $1 billion. And then it switches back to Melinda Gates, like laughing hysterically. And then it switches to, to Bill Gates and that window shutdown sign or yeah. sound comes on and he just looks down. He's like, <laughs> it's I, I, the memes are really good on this one. So, so forward to it. let's change it from hilarity to I was at the dog park a couple of days ago and I'm starting to think not going to the dog parks because dogs get bit and it just seems like a liability to me. But that's off topic. <laughs> you getting um, scared of that in your old age. No, I just I, liability issues. People being I saw two German shepherds almost kill a poodle. I'm like, why are you bringing two German shepherds to a dog park? But anyway, that's just me. Let's let's not go there. I was talking to a woman because that's the flirty me. You know, I got a mask on. I can get away with it. Wait, and, wait, one second. A lot of poodles are really jerks. So the poodle <laughs> probably started it. <laughs> you and your poodle hatred. You're going to get canceled. Um, so that's this, the next poodle hate crime. was talking to me and she's like, oh, yeah, my 18-year-old daughter. I'm like, what, to high school? Did she have some like figuring out high schools and stuff? And you know, she, she drops it. She has an apartment across the street and uh, her husband got the house in Burlingame. And that was a gray divorce that I don't think she saw coming. And financially speaking, I don't think it sounds like she's doing that great. Um, I don't know about you, but my golden years, I don't want to be living in a, an apartment in a crowded city. Uh, but some people might do. And I'm not knocking her, but again, the financial ramifications of divorce later life. Any thoughts? Oh, it's, I mean, the gray divorce situation is drastically increasing and, and it's really tough on retirement plans. I've seen it more and more throughout the career. I mean, it seems so common these days and with 26th year in the business versus when I first got into the business. And a lot of times couples have just enough to retire as a couple these days. Cause you have to, I mean, right now at 65, it's really only safe to draw about three and a half percent of your total portfolio, plus your social security and all the other things to have enough when you're a hundred. And when you split that all in half and go through an expensive divorce, and now instead of one house, you have the cost of two and this cost don't get split down the line. It's like you're increasing your cost a lot and then having to increase your draw rate. Um, and then deal with two different social security checks. It can get pretty complicated and it's, you know, it's a tough decision to make, but a lot of people are like, Hey, I'm, I'm 65. I'm going to live another 35, 40 years. I already can't stand this person. Unfortunately, instead of going to counseling, maybe they pull that gray divorce route, not realizing how expensive it's actually going to be. Question for you. And this, uh, you may not want to answer, but as a financial planner, you get to know your customers and your clients really, really intimately. Um, it's something I really like about what you do. Um, you've got direct relationships with people you financially plan for. When it does come to divorce, do they tend to hide from you and like go away or are they more upfront with you? Is it a, a proactive thing or is it a shame kind of thing? Because I, I could see uh, it being both. Yeah, there, there's, there's typically a period of silence where, okay. gosh, we used to meet every quarter and chat every once in a while in between and and I can't get an email response. I can't, you know they're they're not calling back. I got a, an issue that I need to talk to one of them about. Yeah. And then eventually one of them kind of spills the beans and then you've got to go through the process of how you start. Uh, there, there's ways to divorce where you are as a CFP for both of them. They each get their CFP and then they go through a mediator to, so everybody gets numbers verified. Cause typically in a married couple, one person really fully understands the finances and the other one did something different. That was my parents for sure. My dad did yep. it all. And, yep. and a lot of times, especially if a family has a stay at home spouse and one of them's dealing with all the kids and running them around constantly to the different sports and organizing all that, the other one's making the money and then organizing the money. 
and it's very intimidating to go through a divorce situation where you don't know where everything is. And, and that's when things have to be verified. Um, not enough time in this segment. I can tell you, you know, maybe next week, I don't know how we got on the topic of this, but if you're going into a marriage with assets and you're going to do a prenup, there's also some other things that I'm going to recommend with retirement planning issues um, just so you can keep things clean if that divorce, if that marriage also ends in divorce, because you might have a prenup, but man, the retirement account side in terms of who gets what of that money, that could be very complicated. Interesting stuff. It's good to know a financial planner and to get your questions to him. You can find him online at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com. I think you have an email that's super simple too. Chad at chadburton.com. Can't beat that. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about social security benefits. And stock options. Chad has a lot to say about stock options and contractors in California. What's it all going to look like in the coming days and the coming months of your financial plan? I'm Rob Black, sitting in for Robert Black. You can find Chad at chadburton.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Little Machine Gun Kelly. Digging him and this video and the vibe inside the video. Very, very sexy. But, Chad, get this. My 10-year-old knows all the words to this song. I could be the proudest dad in the world when your kid likes the music you like. Yep. Yep. <laughs> good, good radio show guest. Yep, yep. that's it. Uh, like, when I was growing up, Pink Floyd was huge to me, and that was an already, already an old land, and I like my, that my oldest loves Pink Floyd. That's funny. Yeah. Um, when I was growing up, Pink Floyd was like stoner music. And my dad, if we played it, he thought we were hippies and kind of got in our face <laughs> about it. Different you know, times. when you're younger, you just listen to the words of music and like the story that you can kind of gleam from it oh. so much more than when you're an adult and it's just kind of playing in the background. <laughs> Don't even get me started on Rush. Like, that's the worst of the people who like the story of the song. It's a story uh, about the trees, I never man. liked Rush. I'm sorry. that They're so big. Be- overrated. I can't stand that high-pitched voice of Rush. I, I've never liked Rush. The only thing I like from Canada is hockey, beer, and women. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even tell that joke anymore. Um, so, Chad, let's talk a little bit about – you wanted to get in some detailed talks about options. Uh, oh, it's more about some of the crypto issues okay. that that uh, I'm hearing about. So, I mean, I swear, once a week I have these conversations with people about the trades that they made in their crypto – but they're high income earners. So in California, you know, they're, they're paying close to 50% in ordinary income taxes, not realizing that their trades that they're making on their cryptocurrency is taxed and Coinbase or whoever is going to send a 1099 to the IRS. And a lot of people just don't realize that. So when a big story broke that we talked about, I don't know, probably a month ago, Rob, that Christine Benz at Morningstar wrote where the guy had taken $45,000 and turned it into like doubled over a year last year in crypto trades, but the dollars of the amount of buys and sells massive amount of trading added up to a million and a half. And the total positive trades, um, and resulted in an $80,000 tax, even though his gain was only 45,000 by the end of the year, because people think that, Oh, if you do a buy and it ends up in a gain, as soon as you do a, uh, another trade that ends up in a loss, it'll offset each other. But that's only if you stay out of that asset for 30 days, for the 31 days. 
And so he had all these losses that didn't offset his gains. So he had almost as much tax as he did in gains. And that's what a lot of people are going to be surprised with. So what this led into is I was having a conversation last week with um, a new client that earlier in the year, we'd done a whole bunch of tax planning for an exercise of incentive stock options. There's different types of stock options out there. There's RSUs, which not a lot of tax planning there. As soon as you get RSU stock options from your employer, as soon as they vest, they're taxable. And there's really no no crazy strategies to save taxes. As soon as they vest, they're taxable. They sell some shares to pay the taxes and then selling the rest is up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's non-qualified stock options, same thing. As soon as you exercise, they're taxable. So typically people exercise and sell non-qualified stock options unless they have they think the company's just going to go to the moon. Um, or in some cases, Mars, I guess. But incentive stock options have this thing where if you exercise and hold the shares and then sell them, and it's got to be the longer of a year past exercise or two years from grant, all of those gains are going to be taxed as capital gains. So there's no nor, there's no normal tax when you exercise and hold an incentive stock option. And when you finally sell it, it can be taxed as capital gains if you meet the qualifying disposition rules that I just mentioned. A little, little rough, but um, yeah. th- then they can trigger AMT tax. So what we do is early in the years when we typically only want to exercise incentive stock options so we can plan for taxes all year long. And what he did, we did very careful tax calculation in his company that he works for that he loves. And it's not yet public, but it's likely going to go public. So we said, okay, you can exercise and, and hold 5,000 shares and still avoid AMT tax. And it'll be basically a non-taxable exercise based on what your income is. And then he ended up uh, selling a bunch of cryptocurrency to diversify into other cryptocurrency. Big increase in taxes that he wasn't aware of. And he screwed up the entire calculation. We're having to do it all over again. And sometimes you have to bring your normal income up high enough to avoid AMT. And so we're we're trying to look for, okay, what's the best route to do? So another example of where crypto kind of screwed up the tax situation. Speaking uh, of crypto, <clears throat> Elon Musk going to be on SNL this weekend. Um, what do you think about Elon Musk and space? Because you brought up space there for a second. Do you, does this all crypto tie into space, tie into Musk in any way, shape, form? It is because what is really irritating me about this is the pump and dump strategies that are out there. Okay, and it, it really concerns me. Like I get, I get Bitcoin, I get Ethereum, and some of the other ones that are actually being used properly. Dogecoin is a freaking meme, and as we heard last segment, I like memes. Um, I mean, another one that another Bill Gates meme that came out during the break is: Imagine this: you invented the computer, then forty years later, your wife sends you a divorce papers using a computer. <laughs> so sorry bill um these ke- these things are going to be keep coming out something tells but, me bill's got a kinky side and th- there's there's more to this story that we're gonna learn in the coming days and weeks yeah yeah the thing is is that rob you and i are in the business so we have very strict rules this is why i don't talk a lot about individual stocks because if i have something positive to say i can't trade in that security for a minimum of three days yeah um, and then there's things called front running and other issues, very, very strict rules for us that are in the business. Well, let's say you want to increase your earnings and everybody follows you on Instagram. So you go out and pump up crypto, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, Doge is going to the moon. 
whatever. And then it's because your company just put in a bunch of money into it. And then that same quarter, your company sells some of it to increase their uh, earnings. Yeah. And the amount of those, that sale, that gain in terms of what their free cash flow is, you know, they, they've got a while that, I mean, they're, they're making a lot of money off selling uh, the, the carbon credits and, and other things. And I, I love the vehicle. I mean, love it. I think you're having issues with yours, but um, it, it just, I, I think it really should be somewhat illegal because I'm literally seeing people that oh, wait, have wait, never- it be illegal pumping and dumping this stuff when you're when you're an influencer you're tied to a company at all that just put money into it because because that people just aren't aware enough so i'm seeing people on my social media feed that i know struggled their whole life made stupid mistakes on buying cars and stuff like that instead of putting enough money a lot of people that are not putting enough money into their 401k to get a match was a guaranteed 100 rate of return and they're buying dogecoin why it was a coin st- crypto that was started as a joke. It's it's interesting because Chad, we we do this every couple of years. Y two K stocks, um, stocks under five dollars, penny stocks. They kind of come and go. Oil and gold. It's there's always oil and gold trusts. Not even oil and gold. It's like the weird backdoor plays into some of these vehicles that are, just mm-hmm. can get people into a lot of trouble. Yeah, it's. Uh... Once the Doge thing thing hit and that pump and dub thing is happening, it's 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 making me nervous. Sounds good. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at chadburton.com. Drop him an email, chad at chadburton.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Let's do the dating game with Chad Burton. You get Kendall Jenner. Melinda Gates or Mackenzie Scott Bezos? Which one do you, which one is more your style? <laughs> and tell I'm us something about you, Bachelor Chad. Eh, passing on that one. <laughs> I, my girlfriend would get mad if I answered that question, I think. She listens to the show. So. You could say something along the lines of, I like going for long walks and reading poetry. <laughs> no, I'll take a surfboard or a snowboard. Long there. walks, boring. I hear you on that. And I was just trying to make some interesting media. Speaking of interesting media, you have a podcast. People can find it at Apple or your website, chadburton.com. You've got a lot of great guests on your podcast. I tend to skew guests because I've always found them to be, I get more of the journalists. You get more of the financial experts. Yeah. Um, Anyone coming up? Anyone you're working on in the coming days, any coming weeks? I've been so busy. This is going to be a podcast because I've had to cancel more shows than I've done in the last several months as we've integrated new focus into EP Wealth over the last five months now. And just uh, a whole slew of new services that we have for our clients at no additional fees. And so we're just kind of working our way through that. And then it'll be back to more podcasting and radio for you. We're with you. There's something to be said about the human element of financial planners in my opinion, because like, for instance, I have a spouse that is very difficult to push in the direction that you think is financially the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Um, for lack of a better word, I'm not trying to say I'm a bully or anything like that, but like setting up a trust for children. Um, right. She's very leery of it, but a financial planner can say, no, no, it's a great idea. This is what you need to do and why. Um, but I'm not going to get too self-promotional, but you can find Chad at chadburton.com. Tax deadline's coming up right around the corner, which is weird because it's May. Um, we got that extra month this year. Any last-second tips, hints, tricks? 
well, I mean, you got bef- until the date of filing your tax return and when it's due, which is obviously delayed this year to do any of your IRA contributions. Um, and most people that work or make too much money in the, to live in the Bay Area to do a deductible IRA, so you can still do potentially a Roth. Uh, if you make too much to do a Roth, possibly a uh, backdoor Roth IRA, where if you have no other IRAs, SEP IRAs, simple IRAs, you can make a non-deductible IRA contribution, uh, file that on your tax form as a non-deductible contribution on the 8606, and then convert it to a Roth. And so check with your tax advisor on that one. Just a few, really, it's kind of coming down to the deadline for that to get that funded in time. Um, but uh, I got kind of a really I, I thought a fun story that made my day yesterday as I was helping a client deal with with this. So um, for those of you that made uh, non-deductible contributions for many years, you look at your tax return, there's a form called 8606. And so um, what I was looking at for a client is they had two IRA rollover accounts from previous employers or one IRA rollover account from a previous employer and one account that they'd made non-deductible contributions over the years that they made too much money to deduct it. So I said, hey, there's, there's $30,000 of non-deductible contributions in here. If we roll the other $200,000 into your 401k at Salesforce, all that'll be left is the non-deductible contribution. We can convert that to a Roth and create a $30,000 account that's going to grow tax-free for the rest of your life. And they're like, okay, yeah, that's great. So I'm helping the client do that yesterday. We're on the phone. First, we call Salesforce, fill out the digital form, and then they send us to the 401k department who then sends us to the IRA department at Fidelity where her IRAs were that issue the wire from the Fidelity IRA into the 401k to get this all done, this strategy. All done. And the guy, the third guy that we talked to, Rob, was great. He's kind of, uh, he was doing an amazing job, but all of a sudden he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, Mr. Burton. I've been listening to your podcast for five years and I, I never thought this day would come where I'm talking to you on the phone. I thought it was, we both just cracked up the client and I, and I, well, that's, it was really nice. And he was out of Cincinnati, Ohio. So I got to give a shout out to the Fidelity rep that did the rollover for us yesterday in Cincinnati, Ohio. You but feel I like want, kind of a big deal, don't you? I did. That, that made my day. That's really... Many fine leather bound books. I haven't really been recognized since doing TV with you. And one time in the, the uh, airport, a security guard recognized me. Oh, I saw you on the Rob Black show. <laughs> Other than that, that's about all I get. So you so, done with that topic? No, because I think it's I think it's great that people look at this because when people get to this point, typically it's kids are out of college and they're they're in the catch up mode for they're over fifty, so they can put twenty six grand in their four hundred one k, so they're trying to catch up. Um, They're getting the match, then they put in uh, the mega four hundred one k where a plan like Salesforce you can put in after tax dollars, which immediately converts to the Roth. That's awesome. Um, Then you look at so I still have more ability to save. So then you look at your IRAs and if you have IRAs, you got to get those hidden in some sort of a plan, whether it's your 401k or if you're self-employed, an individual 401k, and then you can do the backdoor Roth contributions. And I've got some clients, Rob, that are doing $37,000 a year in total in contributions to Roth accounts. That's going to grow tax-free forever. And taxes are going up in the future. We are growing the budget deficits at trillions of dollars a year. We had the fourth round of stimulus coming down the line. It's got to get paid for. Social Security is going to be reduced by 2034 if the system isn't fixed, and they're going to fix it by delayed retirement and higher taxes. Plain and simple. So when you have the ability to fund the Roth IRAs, 
you know, once you maxed out your 401k, don't do stupid stuff like invest in life insurance and all those other things before you've maxed out after tax to Roth mega 401k, non-deductible to Roth backdoor Roth IRAs, get tax-free growth. It will help with your social security. It'll go to your kids tax-free. The Roth and even the HSA version of that is, I mean, you got to get into those things if you're trying to save. I've got two questions and let's answer them both. Why do you hate the 401k in retirement? Because you never, ever talk, you talk about Roths, you talk about megas, and yet most of us out there are 401k savers for retirement. No, I don't, I don't know where you got that. I, I love the 401k. I'm, so I'm trying to make good radio. <laughs> trying to put words in my mouth, Mr. Black. Why do you hate 401ks? <laughs> I just hate poodles. That's all. <laughs> Careful. Poodle so, society's coming. Poodles are mean. I'm sorry, but they're stuck up and they're mean. They make good milkshakes. What? Anyway. I do that at the uh, dog park. It's the funniest thing. I said, oh, your dog looks delicious. I mean, oh, adorable. <laughs> and people just look at me like, you did not say that. Oh, my gosh. Try not to uh, do that with babies because people don't find that one funny. Your baby looks delicious. I mean, healthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so no. are 401k is good for retirement? Because you really- yeah, yeah. Most of my clients that are, they're high income earners. So they're doing as much as they, if we do a projection in retirement, we can truly see that their taxes in retirement are lower than they are now. We first max out the pre-tax option in the 401k. Okay. Then the next line of savings, if the 401k offers it, and that would be, like I mentioned, Salesforce, Microsoft, uh, Facebook, uh, almost every large company that I can think of now allows people to, after they get to, there's a, there's a calculation. So let's say you're 50 and older when you're typically doing this, you can put in 26,000 pre-tax, then your employer has a match, but you could put in potentially enough after-tax to get up to the federal limits of 63,500 if you're 50 or older. And that you put it in after tax right out of your paycheck and it goes into the Roth bucket of the 401k. Most companies can do it immediately. Other companies um, require the filing of a form anytime you want to do it. So like I was just helping a, uh, a client that works at Intuit. Yeah. They'd already maxed out their 401k. We were looking for save other savings vehicles and, and we read the plan. They can do it at Intuit. So she can put in after-tax contributions to get up to that level, but she has to send in a form every month to get those converted to the Roth account. Um, so by far the best. And then the next step would be the backdoor Roth because she makes too much money for a regular Roth. Um, and we max out those as much as we possibly can. Um, and for self-employed people, a lot, the self-employed people that it's a no brainer. If you have no employees or it's just your spouse, you go open an individual 401k at, you know, Schwab, for example, and you can put in that 26,000 pre-tax if you're over 50. And then basically a percentage of your wages that you take, if you're corp or about 18.6% of your net income, if you're an LLC and, if that doesn't get you all the way up to the 63.5 number, then you, instead of doing those boilerplate plans at Schwab or TD, you have a custom 401k plan created, okay. which allows you to do the after-tax to Roth. So for self-employed people that are making a bunch of money, they have a document called a custom individual 401k. And inside that, that that's a wrapper. And so at Schwab, we would open up a pre-tax account, a Roth account, and a post-tax account. And we're constantly funding the pre-tax account and the post-tax account. And the post-tax account is constantly being transferred into the Roth side. And we're getting 63,500 put in, 26,000 of it 
um, plus the profit is out is pre-tax tax savings and the other is all growing tax-free in the Roth. So really cool strategies there to help people out. Kind of like without sounding too dirty, but you kind of get some kind of a crazy sounding stuff going on in financial planning. I like it. Um, yeah, backdoor like Roth is like, that should be like in the Karma Sutra of financial planners. I love coming up with these strategies. And then I've got a bunch of great CFP certified financial planner practitioners that are very detail oriented and really good at monitoring. Once we've created the strategy and we set it in motion, I'm, my brain's always thinking way ahead, way ahead. And I, I've got the brains with me that the people that are, okay, let's slow down. Let's cross all the T's, dot all the I's, implement slowly, make sure people understand it. Cause I go pretty fast. Slowly. You're, you're getting all <laughs> romantic on me. I like it. The Karma Sutra of financial planners. I'm going to the radio hall. I have very romantic CFPs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's going to be an investigation. You can find <laughs> CFP Chad Burton at chadburton.com. I have a very basic question when we come back. Should you buy that $50,000 life insurance when you're over 60 that you keep seeing always flashing on your computer? We got that and more with CFP Chad Burton. Find him at chadburton.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back, Inns. Joining me today is CFP Chad Burton. Chad and I have a 20-plus year history of working together in financial planning and financial media. He has some kids who are a little bit older than mine. On occasion, we reminisce about... We didn't have kids when we met, and now your kids are off to college, and my kids are off to high school sooner than later. It's a long-term relationship. Um, Chad, thanks for being with me for such a long run. Yeah, it's so easy to tell the time frame of it, too, because when we first went out and had a beer, we had a designated driver because she was pregnant with my first son. <laughs> and so um, he, that first son is now mid-year next year, graduating from the personal financial planning degree program in Texas Tech and going into law school. That's how long we've been around doing this. It's a long time. But anyway, I just wanted to say thanks because uh, <clears throat> it's been quite a career and quite a journey. Um, one of the questions I have, changing topics, and people can find you at chadburton.com, I, I saw, a, I was flipping through the Yahoo Finance page, just seeing how the markets are doing today kind of thing. And one of the ads came up, are you over 60 and you want $50,000 in life insurance? Mm. That has to be a regular thing that people over 60 see. And I'm a little bit worried that <laughs> Yahoo ads are thinking I'm over 60, but I guess I'm close enough, huh? Um, are those yeah. ever good ideas? Well, if there's some liquidity need for paying for final expenses and things like that, it can be. Yeah, if there's no no liquidity, but uh, um, I've never really priced out one of those for anybody to tell you the truth. It's usually something we try to find another way to plan for it versus buying insurance at an older age. Typically, the only time we're buying life insurance at an older age is for estate planning purposes to create liquidity, and it's Explain not owned more, by the person. That's, sure. that's not logical. Well, you know how the first, um, I think it was the first hour that we were talking about estate taxes mm -hmm. and that I, especially earlier in my career, I saw a lot of businesses sold because the kids inherited the business and they couldn't afford to pay the estate taxes and keep the business. Um, so what people will do is buy life insurance to fund that, but you can't own it in your estate because your estate tax is based on everything you own in your name, including life insurance. So what people will do is they'll create an irrevocable life insurance trust 
and they gift the premiums into the trust. And there's a certain thing that has to happen. You got to gift the money in. You have to send a notice out to the ultimate beneficiaries, which are typically the kids and say, Hey, the money's in here. Um, you can take it out if you want, but that would be stupid. That's the general gist of the letter. <laughs> so, and then 31 days later, you can fund the life insurance premium. And then when that person dies, the proceeds go into the irrevocable life insurance trust outside of the estate and it goes to the kids totally tax-free and then there's liquidity. And so we oftentimes couple that, like if somebody has a low cost basis stock, what one I'm doing right now has uh, $2 million of Apple stock that they want to gift into a charitable remainder trust out of their 8 million. So they're way overweight in Apple. If they were to sell that, they'd get creamed with capital gains, especially next year. So we're putting that 2 million into a charitable remainder trust. They're getting about a $450,000 tax deduction to do so. Mm-hmm. And once it's in the trust, we sell everything without paying taxes and start to pull out 5% a year of income. And some of that income is going to go to the irrevocable life insurance trust to replace that value to theirs tax-free. So in their situation, if they would have sold the stock, they had a huge capital gains tax, um, they diversify, and then whatever's left over, we get have about a 40% tax, estate tax when they die. So now the charity gets tax-free money. There's no immediate capital gains tax on diversifying. The kids get the life insurance tax-free. Everybody wins, but the government on that one charities especially. So lots of ways to plan for it. And that's when life insurance at an older age comes into play. But most of the time people get to, I get a question all the time, Rob, where, Hey, I bought my, you know, $2 million term policy, but my assets have gone way up. I'm retiring in a few years. It's about to renew. Do I still need to have it? And we'll run the analysis, the insurance analysis, because we don't sell life insurance. So we give unbiased advice uh, but I always tell people, if before you let that term policy go, especially at an older age, make sure your state plan's done and also do a full physical. I'm not talking about when you just go to your normal doctor. I'm talking about the whole body scan where you can scan for calcium in your arteries and all that kind of stuff to just find out where your overall health is before you go into retirement. And because maybe that's your first focus. So that's the hardest question people ask is, should I get rid of this life insurance that I don't need anymore? Because gosh, I just have this this nightmare of, oh yeah, you don't need it anymore. Go ahead and get rid of it. And then, you know, some freak accident happens a month later and in my head. Uh, that's $2 million that I just costed somebody. So that, that's always the nervous question I have. That's a great wealth strategy, but I think you're pretty well equipped to understand strategies and people and putting them together in financial plans. How do you make sure that <clears throat> the next up and coming financial planner um, that's in the system, how do you make sure that they know some of these strategies? Well, yeah. I mean, when, when I'm meeting with clients, I always have another CFP in the meeting because okay. again, I, I move fast, do a lot of strategy. Um, and what about this? What about that? And finding ways to save taxes, looking through the tax return. Um, and then, you know, at EP Wealth, there's over 50 certified financial planners between the offices. So how do you make sure that everybody's following the same strategy and implementing it and monitoring it? Well, we have uh, Aaron Voison, who's the head of the planning department. And, you know, sets all those procedures, monitors the plans before they go out the door. So before what's called the action plan goes back to the client, it's gone through other planners. It's gone through a final scrub. It goes through the compliance department and then it gets delivered to the client. So there's a lot of eyeballs on it. So that's how I can have other CFPs involved. And you're essentially getting the same service and strategy that if you were working directly with me, because I just can't obviously work directly with him. And honestly, with how quickly I move and talk and strategize, you want a different personality that's actually monitoring and implementing, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm with you. 
So you've got a website, chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com, B-U-R-T-O-N.com. There's a lot of downloadables there. We've got about a minute. Any downloadables jump out at you as uh, must-haves or time of the year or something maybe people are overlooking? Yeah, I've got to get the new version of the uh, backdoor Roth and mega Roth 401ks for 2021 back on the system because those also have to go through compliance. So those should hopefully be up. And that's the most important one. I think if you're getting close to retirement, there's a retirement checklist that you can download. Um, And then, you know, we've got to get a webinar plan, Rob. It's been a while. And then hopefully we get an in-person seminar going later in the year. We got to get you to a poodle show. Yeah, there there you go. Yeah, take me to a poodle show, my favorite. What I've always (laughs) wanted to do. (laughs) <laughs> the dog walker in you comes out. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at chadburton.com. Not a dog walker at all. Financial planner. He does the show Tuesdays and Wednesdays here, but his podcast is available at chadburton.com. It's easiest to find it that way.